Well, good morning, faith family. If you have a Bible, would you please turn to Luke chapter 22, Luke chapter 22. We're so glad that you're here. Clearly, everybody waited to come to this service, all right? We are so glad you're here, and we're doing a little bit of an audible this morning. Uh, my, my plan was to finish the book of Hebrews. That was the, the original plan, but we knew because of the weather and all that we'd be facing this weekend, we, we canceled Saturday night. Most of our services have been uh, pretty low in attendance until this one, right? And so uh, I, what I decided, what I really felt like the Lord was leading me to do is to hold off on finishing the, the book of Hebrews, and so we're going to do that a different weekend, but that doesn't mean that I don't have something to share, okay? And so this morning, uh, it may be a little shorter than normal. Don't get used to that, okay? I'm glad I got an awe. Thank you very much, Mom. Um, and uh, what I thought we would do, because this morning we were already scheduled to partake of communion and Lord's Supper, and I thought what I really want to do is focus our message on preparing us for that and really understanding what we're doing uh, when we come to the Lord's table and we celebrate this together. And so that's what we're going to do this morning, and then we'll finish the book of Hebrews a, a different week. So let's look here at Luke 22 and verse 7 as we prepare ourselves this morning to partake of communion. Look here at verse 7. If you're able to stand, uh, please do so as we honor the reading of God's Word. Luke 22, beginning at verse 7. Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat it. And they said to him, Well, where will you have us prepare it? He said to them, Behold, when you've entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house that he enters, and tell the master of the house, the teacher says to you, Where's the guest room? where I may eat the Passover with my disciples. And he will show you a large upper room furnished, prepare it there. And they went and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, he reclined at table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup. When he had given thanks, he said, take this, divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it, gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. This is God's word. Will you pray for me this morning and pray for our time together as we celebrate uh, the Lord's table? Let's pray. God, thank you for this time uh, this morning to worship, uh, now to hear uh, from your word, uh, and to celebrate in the ordinance that you have given us, uh, the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. So we pray, God, that we would have a right understanding of its significance and meaning as we partake today. So come and lead us now, we pray in Christ's name. And God's people said, amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, I knew what I was going to order before I ever walked into the restaurant. 
And it didn't matter that it wasn't something that I normally would order. I mean, I like it, but it's not really something I I eat a lot. It didn't even matter that it wasn't healthy. And, and, And for the most part, I'm somewhat particular about what I eat. No, 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 none of that mattered. I had premeditated my gluttony and I was fine with that. The reason was, it happened just a couple of weeks ago when I came back from Myanmar. I was over there teaching and doing some training, as I shared with you. And and while I was there, for almost two weeks, I ate rice with rice and a side of rice. Okay, that was pretty much my meals. There was the occasional meat and vegetable, if you want to call it that. But it was not what I typically eat. Now, don't misunderstand me. I've traveled a lot internationally. I love international food. That is hardly ever a problem for me. But this was different. And so when I got home, I ordered the largest, greasiest, meatiest hamburger I could find. Little Juicy Lucy, right? I mean, it was fantastic. And all God's people said, that's the loudest amen I ever got, right? <laughs> But you know, I, I thought about after I ordered that, after I ate that, I, I thought, why did I do that? <laughs> and not what you're thinking, not like a, it, 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 I got upset with my stomach or it made me sick or anything like that. I thought, I don't normally order that. What, what, what made me do that? And as I thought about that, it really hit me that the longing for that hamburger really didn't have anything to do with my liking or disliking a hamburger. My longing for it was because it identified me with being home. It felt American. (laughs) It felt familiar. The truth is, faith family, food... And identity often go together. And you know this. In fact, if I mention a place, I bet you that you can tell me what food is associated with that place. Let's try a few. If I say Chicago, what food do you think of? Pizza. Yeah, most of you think of Chicago deep dish pizza. Praise God, all right? If I say New Orleans, uh, what food do you think of? Yeah, like a Cajun food, jambalaya, something like that. If I say uh, Wisconsin, what do you think of? Cheese, absolutely. You're passing the quiz. If I say Memphis, what food do you think of? Yeah, barbecue or ribs, something of God. You know what I'm talking about? Where I'm from. So, yeah, yeah, that was like easy for you. I mean, it's, it's natural when I name a place that there's, there's a food that gets identified with that culture, with that place. It's the same thing with our traditions. If I said Thanksgiving, you would think of turkey or pumpkin pie. If I said Fourth of July, you would think hot dogs and hamburgers on a grill. If I were to say birthday party, you would likely think uh, some type of a cake. By the way, if you're not hungry by now, I can't help you, Okay. <laughs> We could go on and on and on. There's all kinds of examples I could give of this, but but here's the point. Certain foods have a way of bringing about certain identities. 
In fact, if you stop for just a moment today, I bet you, if you thought about your upbringing, your tradition, your family, there are certain foods that have defined your life, your family, who you are. The exact same thing is true for a Christian. Now listen to me this morning. There is a meal that defines who we are. There is a meal that is at the very core of our identity. And it is represented in bread and wine or the fruit of the vine. I know some of you would say, that's hardly a snack, not a meal. Yeah, but these elements represent a meal where God's people would celebrate all that God had done in their life. When you come to Luke chapter 22, you need to understand that that this is not just about Luke chapter 22. What's happening here actually goes way back into the Old Testament. In fact, to understand the significance of this, you really do have to go back and look at the history behind it. This Passover meal that is being celebrated here in Luke 22 goes back to the people of Israel when they were captives in Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt. There was absolutely nothing that they could do to get themselves out of their situation. They were slaves, but God raised up a man who was one of them, a man by the name of Moses, and he led them out of slavery led them out of Egypt into freedom. And there was a specific event that took place that really uh, uh, launched that movement. It launched the Exodus. It was in the night as Israel was about to flee to freedom and God told them to take the blood of a lamb and to put it on the doorpost so that the angel of the Lord would what? Pass over that home. And so this Passover meal became associated in the life of Israel as their Exodus story. And it was represented with specific elements. You had bread, unleavened bread, verse 7 says, because they left town before the bread could even finish. Uh, You have wine or you have the fruit of the vine representing the blood that was put on the doorpost as the lamb that was sacrificed. And repeatedly, year after year after year, in the life of Israel, they would celebrate this meal as a reminder of who they were, as a reminder of their identity. And it was, faith family, a celebration. Now, please don't be offended by this. In fact, I'm in many ways just commenting on the background that I grew up in. In a lot of churches, the Lord's Supper or communion uh, feels like you're at a funeral, I mean, and again, listen, listen, I'm all for self-reflection, and I do think there are moments when you need to be somber. I get all that, but I just remember growing up as a kid, going to services of the Lord's Supper, feeling like, like, should there be a casket up front, or because it felt so sad. The people of Israel were not sad when they celebrated Passover. Why? Because they were celebrating, we used to be slaves, but we are not slaves anymore. 
We used to be lost, but now we are found. We used to be blind, but now we can see. We used to be enslaved, but God has brought freedom. And all, that was something they celebrated, and they danced, and they rejoiced because it reminded them of who they were. This is our story, and we're reminded of that identity every time we share this meal. That was the history of all this. Which makes what happens in Luke 2 so shocking. Watch what Jesus does. Verse 7 says, It's the day of unleavened bread. We understand that context. On which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. We understand that context. So Jesus tells Peter and John, Go prepare the Passover for us that we may eat it. Now watch verse 14. When the hour came, Jesus reclines at table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I've earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And I tell you, I will not eat of it until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. He took a cup and he had given thanks. He said, divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Now watch what he says in verse 19. He took the bread. Again, he gave thanks. He, he uh, broke it, gave it to them saying, this, that is this unleavened bread, this Passover bread is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Verse 20, likewise, he took the cup after they had eaten saying, this cup that is poured out, this Passover cup, this, this sacrificial lamb cup, this is poured out as a new covenant in my blood. Now, most of us have heard this so often, we just kind of skip right on by that. Folks, faith family, I would have loved to have seen the facial expression on the disciples' faces when Jesus said that. Jesus just said, this thing that you've been celebrating for years and years and years, this Passover that has been so central to your life, so central to your story, do you know what? It's really not about Egypt. It's about me. This is my body. This is my Blood. What is he saying? He is saying, I am here to do a greater work than Moses. I am here to do a greater exodus than what anybody ever knew coming out of Egypt. I am here to set captives free. Because the truth is, your slavery is deeper than physical slavery to a nation like Egypt. You are slaves to sin. But God so loved the world that he sent a man that God came in flesh, that he became like us to lead us out. Just like Moses was like his people, God came, became flesh to be like us so that he could lead us out of bondage and to set us free. And he did so not by sacrificing a lamb and putting it on the doorpost, but by sacrificing himself by being nailed to a cross. And you must remember this. You must remember your story that I'm doing for you. You're going to have a tendency to forget who you are, to forget who you belong to. And so this 
meal will remind you of your identity. This meal will remind you of this story. As you take bread, you'll be reminded not of Egypt, but of a cross. As you drink this wine or juice, this fruit of the vine, you'll be reminded of my death in your place so that you could go free. Celebrate that. You're not at a funeral today. You've been given life forever in Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what this meal proclaims to you. So as we share this meal in just a moment, please, please don't just do a ritual. Don't think, well, this is just kind of part of our tradition. No, 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 no. This meal represents our story of what Christ has done for us on the cross. Let me give you just a few words of application and then we will celebrate through the Lord's Supper. First of all, we need to know that this meal, this Lord's Supper is about our identification. This is very important. What I mean is that those that are to partake of this have identified themselves with Jesus Christ. And we live in a very political correct culture and everybody's kind of afraid to offend anybody and, and I don't know that we really uh, take that approach here, right? We just tell you what the Bible says, okay? But listen, some of you are here and, okay, that's good, that's, yeah, thanks. Now, in saying that, let me say, I know that there are some of you here today and you're not a follower of Jesus. I want, to, I want you to sincerely know I'm thankful you're here. I really am. This, this is where we want you to be, but I gotta be honest with you, this is not your meal. Until you turn from your sin and put your faith in Jesus Christ, this is not something that you should partake of. Parents, I may upset you. If your child has never put his or her faith in Jesus, this is not a meal for them. This meal is for those who have identified themselves with Jesus Christ. It is saying, I am not ashamed of him. Just as in the waters of baptism, you are identifying yourself with Jesus. And so today, if you're here and you are a believer, you have identified with Jesus by faith, celebrate. Eat. Have joy in your identity in Christ. Secondly, is this meal, this Lord's table, is about our participation. What I mean by that, this is another misconception when we come to what the Lord's Supper is all about, is we tend to think that this is about me and my private time with Jesus. So go away, pastor, and everybody else, and this is just going to be me and Jesus moment. Well, I'm not trying to take away that you have a moment with Jesus in this, but you need to understand that Passover was not about, well, you know, you go to your home and celebrate Passover and you go over there. It was the community of God. The people of God were coming together and celebrating together our story, our Exodus story of what God has done in our life. Brother, sister, today, you're not here to be alone with Jesus you're here to be with Jesus among his people and saying, I am participating together in a church ordinance, a church uh, expression of what God has done in our life. By the way, it is why, quick little 
sub side note because I'm not taking that long this morning. I've got time. When Paul addresses the Lord's Supper in the, the, to the church of Corinth, he says, if you've got problems with one another, if there's divisions among you, if you need to seek forgiveness, that's an issue when you come to the Lord's table. Why? Because this is a congregational event. So today, if you've got issues with the body, if you've got a brother or sister that you have divided with, reconcile. How in the world, somebody just say preach, preacher. How in the world are you going to withhold forgiveness when you're about to partake of something that reminds you of your forgiveness? You really are going to take elements that remind you of all that God has forgiven you and you're going to hate your brother? You're going to hate your sister? No, 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 no. You are declaring that we together in unity are a part of the people of God. It's about your identity. It's about your participation in the community of faith. And lastly, this meal, this Lord's Supper, it's a proclamation we are declaring in these elements the gospel of Jesus Christ. And some of you today may be like, well, you know, um, some of you may be like, I really like his shorter sermons when we get out earlier, right? Uh, but some of you might walk out and you say, you know, we just, we only had like a 20-minute sermon today, not a three-hour sermon like we're used to. Uh, I really feel gypped. Nobody's going to say that, all right? What am I What am I thinking? But let me say this to you. Here's what I want to say. Listen, you're about to hold the best sermon you could ever have preached to you. You're about to hold the elements that proclaim to you the good news of the gospel. In a way, trust me, this preacher could never, ever do. How about this? How about today, through these elements, you preach the gospel to yourself? That you think about your sin. You think about God's good grace in your life. You think about the eternal inheritance he has prepared for you. Think about your gospel story. Others of you in this place that are not believers, as we partake of this, we are declaring to you through these elements, if you would repent of your sin and put your faith in Jesus Christ, you could be in this story. You could be a part of the people of God. And I can tell you this on behalf of our faith family, we really, really want that. Amen? This is a declaration a proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ as we partake together. So faith family, just as every tradition, every culture or family has a meal that represents their identity in some way, so the Lord's Supper does with us. It reminds us we used to be slaves until God came into the world in the person of Jesus Christ. And he has set us free and has prepared for us an eternal inheritance, the kingdom of God. And one day, we will be with Jesus and celebrate this together. Amen. Until that day, do this in remembrance of me. And God's people said, amen. amen. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And let's prepare ourselves for this celebration. In just a moment, 
our ushers are going to come and they're going to distribute uh, the elements. And again, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, we invite you. If, if this is your story, the gospel story, you've put your faith in Jesus, partake. We, we encourage you to celebrate in this moment. If you're here, again, and you're not a Christian, we're so thankful that you are here, but we would ask that you let this pass and just observe and really give thought to your eternal life. Hold the elements, and in a few moments, we will partake together as a sign of our participation as the body of Christ. God, thank you for giving us the continual reminder of your good grace. Of all that you have done to set us free. Just as you knew the people of Israel would forget, and they often did. They had the Passover to constantly remind them of your goodness. In the same way, in fact, even in a much greater way, far greater than Egypt. You have done an exodus in our life. And certainly living in this world, it's so easy to get caught up in false narratives. And we need to be reminded of the true story. The real story that has forever defined us. And so that's what we're going to do in these moments. As we partake of these elements, we remember all that you have done. And we celebrate all that you will do. And we look forward to a day when we won't just partake of this in a local church. We'll partake of this with all the church of all the generations gathered together declaring worthy is the lamb that was slain. Thank you, Jesus. We pray it in your name. Amen.